Man, I'm having so much fun. This is a $1.6 trillion industry. I'm talking about the food and beverage space. If you're not having fun, you're in the wrong place. Yes, it's hard work, but my gosh, the companies, the brands, the flavors, the experiences, the missions, it's fantastic. But some of the brands are different, better, and special. They're the ones who are able to really compete and vie for customer loyalty. Look, I know you want to make your brand different, better, and special. I know you yourself want to be different, better, and special. That's my mission. That's why you're here. Join me on this journey as I interview CEOs and founders from all the different companies within the food and beverage industry so we can discover what they're doing, so we can take that information back, digest it, and become better ourselves and to help our companies take on different strategies, pick the right technology, pick the right partners. And of course, you got to have great tasting food. You got to have great tasting beverages, packaged goods. If it doesn't taste good, you're lost. I'm sorry. You're going to lose millions. If you're new here, take the five episode challenge. Go back, pick out some brands and CEOs, some topics. If you love the content, subscribe. You're going to find it on every podcast platform once or twice a week. But I also publish them on LinkedIn because that's where we kind of hang out. So when you see it on LinkedIn, stop by, make a comment, share it back into your food and beverage network. I would appreciate it. The brands would appreciate it. To all my loyal listeners, thank you so much. You guys are awesome. Thank you for being with me on this journey. Thanks for coming along on this mission for the past two years. If you are considering a strategic job change, message me. Let's have a confidential conversation. If your brand is growing and you need to attract experts, you also need to contact me because I have created a different, better, and special recruiting system. I promise you, no other search firm in America is doing that. Who am I? I'm Tony Moore. I'm an expert food and beverage headhunter, semi-professional podcaster, and I'm here each and every week Stay tuned for this week's episode. Hey, everybody. Welcome to Winning at Work. This is Tony, and I just have to thank everyone for helping make the Winning at Work Food and Beverage podcast one of the top podcasts in the food and beverage space. The podcast is designed for us. And a couple of months ago, I had a really interesting podcast with Jeff Grass. He's the he's the CEO of Hungry. And I got a insight into the what was estimated to be about a, a $100 billion corporate catering and events category. And through working uh, with the uh, PR executive, I began to discover there were more companies that were in this space. And I am pleased to introduce to everyone, John Acapinti. John, you were the um, kind of the, uh, the, the the brainchild behind the acquisition of, of, of NatureBox and kind of how it integrated into Hungary. So, Thank you for for joining us today to you know share with us a little bit more about what's happening in this you know corporate food service kind of corporate snacking and some of the big business decisions you had to make uh, when you know first taking this company over. Yeah, thanks, Tony. Uh, great to be here. Uh, yeah, it's sort of like there was a, the early acquisition where in 2018 um, my team uh, took over NatureBox and then more recently we merged with Hungry which was sort of a perfect match for us, uh, both culturally and just kind of working in what's happening with corporate food service and industry. 
So this whole idea of corporate snacking, it really makes a lot of sense to me now as I talk to other businesses which are trying to solve for a big problem, and that is we've got to get people back into the corporate workplace, and we also want to give them good food. We know good food is better for them. Um, I don't know if there's any insurance benefits. I know companies have health and wellness programs, so I don't know if there's an insurance play there as well with this, but um, it seemed like just a, a, a great idea to have better, you know, better options inside those corporate lounges. Yeah, it, it's kind of interesting. So pre-COVID, I think people were thinking about, you know, what do we need to bring as benefits to our employees? And um, it depends on sort of where you were. Like if you're in New York or California, uh, in California Bay Area specifically, I mean, you know, Google is doing massage chairs and personal chefs, you know, way back, right? But um, it's really kind of grabbed on. And uh, so people were really trying to incentivize people to, you know, provide these great benefits of, of having food at work. Um, I think there was a movement towards more natural food, and that's where NatureBox was really hitting its mark. Um, you know, better for you. You don't want that junk. Um, uh, and so there's sort of innovative approaches that we were bringing to the market. Also, Hungary was really innovating on corporates, uh, you know, catering, uh, teaming up with matching corporations through a platform with local chefs. And so, um, yeah, it was sort of a, a match made in heaven. Um, but so now we've kind of gone, you know, everyone went dark for, you know, it was the dark ages of COVID. <laughs> it, you know, was. it was like literally 80% of our revenues disappeared overnight. It's probably similar, you know, focus with Hungary, both as companies that came out of sort of a tech approach and sort of innovation. We both innovated our way through that. Uh, but now we're coming back, right? And people are, uh, managers are really motivated to put their dollars to bring people back into the office, but they're able to kind of reimagine it now because they could kind of start from scratch and they're thinking, okay, I need, I have a few problems to solve. One of them is, you know, how do I scale up or scale down if I only have, you know, you know, three days a week or two days a week, or I have some remote and now I have like half of my team is remote and half of them are in the office. Um, but also there's this wellness and, you know, trying to reduce stress in our lives. And so, you know, should I bring, should we, you know, we can the Skittles. I said, you know, you know, should we, should we bring in sort of better for you options? And, but we still have those engineers that want Mountain Dew. So we need that flexibility. Uh, Nature Box just provides this great sort of 60 SKUs, 60 products. They're all better for you. No MSG. And we can just sort of guarantee whatever it comes from Nature Box is going to be better for you. It'll still taste great, but it'll be better for you. And if you really want some of these other snacks, we can bring them in. Um, and we're doing that, you know, using tech enabled to make it easy and, and all that. So. Well, I also want to kind of understand how you view the business world as you're coming out of this tech background. You got this tech background and this is, you know, a kind of a tech platform as well. And of course, what Hungary was doing was uh, kind of built on this tech platform as well. So I'd love to hear how using that as a filter for you when you acquired NatureBox and you're looking at, okay, are we going to go B2B? Are we going to go consumer? You know, do we focus on DTC? I'd like to just kind of hear how you work through those problems because there's many companies out there that are really faced with, okay, what channel 
do yeah. we get into? Yeah, it's probably helpful just to just to uh, um, circle back a little bit what how NatureBox started. So, NatureBox was a venture backed sixty million dollars of venture capital went into NatureBox to disrupt the direct to consumer. It was going to be the next Frito Lay for direct to consumer, better for you snacks. Uh, a lot of money was poured into Facebook, and uh, millions and millions of consumers were getting snack boxes delivered at home. Um, what was interesting is that was sort of in the early days of Facebook, uh, and eventually Facebook uh, became a less efficient platform or more efficient and and more expensive. And the cost of customer acquisition and lifetime value of direct-to-consumers was getting difficult. So my team came in and actually restarted NatureBox in 2018. And so our, our goal was to cash flow the business. And my background is in uh, 16 years of venture. I was an early executive at Netscape. I was an early salesperson at Oracle. So I have this whole tech background. Uh, and our approach was just let's cash flow this business and let's look at the business. I, there's probably not a problem I haven't seen or caused in one of the own startups I was on a board of. And so it was kind of a really fun, fun pro, uh, process to go through. What we found is that NatureBox had a you know, direct-to-consumer business that was sucking cash. Uh, and we, we kind of figured out uh, you know, what was the diagnosis there, what was going on there. And they also had a B2B customer in Google where we were selling bulk snacks directly to Google and a bunch of other small kitchens. So there's a small little you know, team of inside sales folks actually – uh, selling to corporations. And when we did the analysis, they were also you know, selling at airlines, selling on Amazon. There were like 20 different things. We said, we need to focus. As entrepreneurs and sort of our experience, we need to focus. We, we love the brand because it had so much direct-to-consumer or you know, CPG uh, brand exposure. But the margins were really in the corporate snacking. So really, we really doubled down our efforts that in there. We took our NPS scores from 20 to over 80. Uh, we doubled the variety that we were delivering to corporations, and we just started putting our tech experience and tech focus on kind of delivering to that platform. Did you find that because you were, say, selling to Google, you almost had like an anchor account and then you could sell other accounts nearby? Oh, I know we... Yeah, it's, it's, is pretty, that, it's pretty awesome. It's like, yeah, yeah, yeah. If, if it's good enough for Google, you know, <laughs> uh, and if you have an and office... Pretty much in, good, yeah, exactly. If you're in the office else, in the right? Midwest and you want to deliver some great snacks, like, you know, like we're, you know, we're, we're a good, we're a good match. Yeah, it would seem like that would be a great strategy too. You know, elsewhere, you get your kind of anchor account for that area and then just uh, let the salespeople go after the, you know, small, mid-sized companies. Yeah, it's, it's interesting. So like it kind of uh, comes full circle. Hungry has been, is now in 12 markets and they basically have this pod approach where they take each market and then they get a few anchor accounts and then boom, they just start to, to blossom. And so our approach was mostly on the phone. We didn't have feet on the street. So we were drop shipping bulk snacks into corporations, corporate micro kitchens, um, but offering, you know, a simple setup, uh, tech enabled. Um, but the other thing that we're doing is, you know, driving a lot of Google ads and a lot of funnel uh, metrics and understanding our cost of customer acquisition and then how to make those customers really happy with lifetime value. But remember, Tony, like we didn't necessarily give up our direct to consumer business. We just didn't invest in it from a cash flow perspective. And so, uh, we, you know, we wanted to go back there eventually. 
Well, you bring up a good point with lifetime value and customer acquisition costs. So when you look at that to B2B and the uh, kind of corporate food service side, you know, how much of a difference were you finding and is it, is it still holding true today? Yeah, it's interesting. I think our tech background really helps us, you know, like uh, uh, we had many teams in software sales and so forth. Uh, and there's different approaches to driving business. Uh, one of them is sort of they call bottom of the funnel, where you're, we're finding people with high intent that are searching on Google. And so how do you penetrate those keywords? Uh, the other thing is, you know, you'll do is you'll do direct, you know, search engine optimization, which is basically organic rankings. Um, and then the B2B side, that's sort of like where the focus was. Is then there's the cold calling and outbound stuff as well. Uh, but you kind of want to be there right when people are making decisions. And we found that to be hugely profitable. Like uh, we could close really significant accounts uh, by taking our sort of direct-to-consumer experience and putting it into the bottom of the funnel and running Google ads and so forth. Uh, plus, our brand exposure really helped because people recognized NatureBox. They'd been at other companies and they tried us. So we really were able to flourish. And that's when that was an expertise that we actually, you know, brought to Hungary, which had, you know, uh, sort of this cold calling, you know, uh, strong, strong sales culture and team. Amazing. Um, we kind of complement each other that way by offering those those capabilities. So with that tech background and the kind of analytics that are out there that are available to anybody for SEO or, you know, Google searching, you were able to find like, these are the corporate uh, players that are out there searching, looking for options. And then you added them to your funnel and then just kind of work them through. Is that, is that what you were saying? Yeah. There's a, there's a whole detailed analysis you do on keyword searching, uh, you know, where are your competitors? Like, uh, you know, how do I, you know, present myself in front of the consumer when they're thinking about snacking? And then they, they know that they want healthy alternatives. And so how do we put those messages into the copywriting and everything else? So this is all about the art and science and um, uh, data analysis that goes into the front end of that keyword search and understanding how do I get ourselves in front of folks? Uh, but then it's also sort of really about keeping those folks long term, because if you can, if you acquire a customer and then they churn right away, that doesn't help you either. So we spent a lot of time focused on survey funnels and really getting feedback. You know, as a CEO of NatureBox, every day in my inbox, I had an MPS score that was a running MPS score. And I had customer feedback in my inbox from all my customers, both B2B customers and direct-to-consumer we would know sort of where we were at any minute. And then if we had a bad review, uh, I could actually respond directly as a CEO. And that would sometimes blow people away. Like, hey, the CEO of this company is, you know, emailing me about that. I didn't like my, you know, my, my uh, chocolate covered almonds were stuck together and I was pissed off. And so, yeah, like I'm here for you. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, people have no idea the challenges of delivering food. I mean, if they just knew, I mean, they would just be grateful that they have, uh, you know, good for you snacks. What What is the kind of market share that we're looking at right now? What's the best estimates? Market share for uh, corporate snacking? Yeah. What do you think that is? So there, there's sort of the, there's different characters in this market and there's sort of the old school folks um, like Compass and Canteen, which is this huge, you know, behemoth of a company that does a lot of full service, a lot of truck rolls, a lot of heavy lifting. 
And then I would say that there's the disruptors uh, in the market, which is someone like Hungry, which is really innovating on on meeting the needs of corporations by using tech a tech enabled platform uh, to connect, you know, top local chefs to the corporate, uh, you know, to to the uh, the corporations. And the person in the middle of this is like the office manager and the people that are trying to make their employees super happy. And um, there's just a lot of logistics. If you know, if if lunch is not on time and it's late, uh, it's a it's a problem. So the whole logistics of uh, bringing what traditionally was from a restaurant directly to a corporation, all those are taken care of. It's very seamless. You get the variety that you want. The food tastes amazing. So similar to NatureBox, that's why we're such a great fit with Hungry, is that. You can get 60 different better for you SKUs that taste amazing. It's, they don't taste amazing because uh, we say so. We do surveys. We've been using data to you know analyze like what actually works, what's getting consumed. We stop SKUs that don't. So using again tech, um, and so uh, yeah, I think I think uh, you know that that's. You know, these are the big players and then the disruptors. And I see us as the disruptors and we're starting to grow. Like uh, Hungry has had a massive amount of growth. I think they're one of the fastest growing companies by Deloitte again this year. Um, and so I think that, that uh, you know, that, that's what people are looking for is sort of this next generation of food service and snacking in the, in the, in the, in the office. Well, as you mentioned, you've got those old legacy companies and then you have the disruptors, which Nature Box and of course Hungry, you know, kind of fit into that. And from what I understood, the kind of the, the corporate catering side was enormous. I just didn't know really where the yeah, it's the numbers fell. You know, for snacking, I, I just don't. I didn't have any. Yeah, it's, it's a multi-billion-dollar market. I think uh, I don't have the numbers off the top of my head, but like and I don't. Yeah, I'm not trying to tie you down. I'm just trying to get a just a, a rough you know estimate. Yeah, no, I, I think it's pretty significant. People are spending a lot of money uh, on a per head basis uh, to have full replenishment of snacks. So um, uh, we think that that it is uh, almost the same size or could be the similar size, probably about you know um, a third of the total market for total catering. When you're bringing in meals, that's quite expensive. Um, but also, you, you'd be amazed that people are spending ten dollars per person per day, or five dollars per person per day. And uh, and you think of how many employees are out there, uh, and that's just sort of becoming the the normal. Coffee is was always sort of traditionally there. Uh, now snacks have creeped in, but you're starting to get from, uh, uh, companies, especially in the major urban areas where it's very competitive. Um, you know, they want. Uh, both dry snacks, beverages, coffee, uh, you name it. Well, I, mean, I actually, the way you just boil that down to cost per head per day, I think that's kind of where you can just start your, your math and do your analysis from that because that extrapolates out. And as more people join the workforce, you know, it just kind of continues to grow. And these big companies, they absolutely have to do something. I was kind of laughing when you said, you know, Google would, you know, provide the, uh, you know, the back rubs. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, you know, I kind of feel like, you know, feed them and they will come now, but you guys said you're, you're also still wanting to play in the DTC space. And I know you've got some thoughts around what you call your DTC fundamentals, because you're, it's not like you've abandoned that, right? You're very, it's very successful in B2B. So, uh, this is a topic that fascinates people you know, getting on Amazon and having those fundamentals, what would you say are, are your fundamentals for, for DTC? 
if you were to ask me this back in 2018, 19, it was a really big question for us because we had this huge sort of uh, presence and brand that was all around direct to consumer, but we had this very profitable thing that we thought we could really grow. And so when my team took over NatureBox, our, our focus was cash flow and being profitable and running our business as a profitable business. So we leaned into the B2B because we had a great value proposition, the time to value, the the uh, ability to acquire customers, uh, the corporations were giving us LTVs in monthly increments, you know, that were sticking with us for like a year and a half to two years. So we had all the economics. So it's a really a math equation to figure out whether or not you could be successful at direct-to-consumer. It's like, what does it cost to acquire a, a customer? And then how long can I keep them? But what's interesting in the consumer side, unlike a corporation that's kind of like footing the bill every month, you know, to be really profitable, it doesn't help to sell my product once or twice. I really need to have a habit loop. I need to have some reason for a consumer to be buying my product. And so you need that unique enough product to actually drive margin, but you also need those habit loops. And so having a functional ingredient that is a tied to a uh, what they call a uh, um, high stakes dietary outcome. So people buy subliminally or unconsciously for uh, some social motivation. Uh, It could be weight loss or uh, trying to be satiated longer. And so people put those kinds of products into their habit loops, which create subscription and LTV and lifetime value. If people just come in and buy your product once or twice, and then they can go to the grocery store and kind of get other products, um, and it's not truly differentiated, it's hard to uh, charge enough on a, on a, on a, a food and beverage business. But what if you had a snack that actually could help you focus or could uh, control your cortisol levels? Or, you know, uh, and so what we started thinking about is there's these new things called adaptogens. And so while we were building the B2B business, we were going thinking about the direct-to-consumer formula. And to me, the experience is now is that if I want to be a direct-to-consumer food and beverage business, I need really, really differentiated product. Maybe I have a proprietary advantage in how I build my product. Um, but we started leaning in on, on, uh, adaptogens into snacks. So instead of buying snacks that, uh, you, when you're stressed out, your cortisol levels are high, you grab Doritos. Our thesis was going to be, Hey, you go to nature box and you grab a snack that tastes just as good, but maybe has maca in it or uh, reishi that, you know, you don't really taste, but it's going to lower my cortisol levels and help me, um, you know, manage my body wellness. So there was sort of this wellness line. It sounds like you were really kind of out in front of that a little bit because we're seeing functional ingredients now really exploding all across the the food and beverage landscape. And I think ashwagandha is another one of those that uh, we keep seeing popping up in in drinks and, um, you know, good for you brownies. Nature Box has uh, protein bars with ashwagandha. So now it's kind of interesting. So we we never were able to go back to the D2C side and invest uh, we just didn't have that product line up until now. And now we've merged with, with Hungry. So we're really focused on corporations. But these functional snacks are actually a huge differentiator for us back in the corporations. Because think about it, corporate consumers are consumers. Like they want <laughs> what they yeah, can the get at the grocery. Same people, yeah, right? The yeah, same exactly. people. So, uh, you know, if, if I could talk to a manager about, you know, having turmeric 
uh, popcorn that has black pepper in it, which activates lower um, uh, inflammation in the body, why not give that to my employees versus just like, you know, your standard, you know, caramel popcorn or why not give them these, these unique snacks that can be better for you? So um, that's why I think we're kind of a great fit with Nature Box is we bring this, I mean, with Hungry is we kind of bring this sort of um, uniqueness into the corporate, uh, but corporations can, if they really want Skittles and M&Ms, uh, which, you know, if you want to feed your engineers and they want that, we give them to give that to them too. Oh, so they can add that in. So they can be, yeah. We're, so you can have like the uh, nature box, you know, 90% good, 10% naughty. Yeah. We call it hungry snacks. So, so <laughs> the naughty side of the box. Yeah. It's, 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 uh, it's really what the customer wants. Well, ultimately yeah. we're, we're here to, you know, serve our customers. I, I think the model though is, is beautiful in that although yes, you have all the consumers that are underneath the umbrella of the corporate side of it, your customer is that one single corporation. So yeah, you know, your lifetime value, your, uh, ac- your customer acquisition cost, it makes so much sense. It yeah, just it, asks, it, think it, about it even more, Tony. It's like, uh, there's many companies, as you know, that have full-time remote employees too. Well, how do they get their micro kitchens filled out, right? How do they get the benefits? So kind of like this, this platform, this tech enabled platform, we can deliver snacks right into the office, you know, in bulk or in single serve. And we could bring you the, you know, the Mars bars or whatever the other stuff you want, if you really want it. Um, but we can also take care of your employees at home. Like, you know, uh, that's what we were doing during COVID, which was fascinating is that we would give employees, we give stipends to their employees. So now you can kind of automate that whole process. And NatureBox, because of our direct-to-consumer side, uh, you know, has been delivering na- boxes to people's homes for years. You have that kind of capability, so you kind of have the best of both worlds. Um, yeah. So instead of a meal kit, you know, it's a it's like a snack kit that just shows up with their little goodies. Yeah, it's way it's also appreciation, and you know, there's it's it's really about yeah. You can do like a happy hour. You can do your socials. You know, I, I've seen those. That's that's kind of a popular idea. It, it culturally, it was interesting because Hungry's mission is to improve other people's lives, um, both their customers, the chef lives, because they're you know promoting entrepreneurship and the team themselves. Uh, recently at Hungary was voted like one of the top places to work um, in a food and beverage business. Amazing. So like, I'm glad my, my team was able to be part of the Hungary team as well. I love that about Hungary. I, 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 John, I love that. So we eat in the office every Wednesday and, you know, we uh, have Hungary as kind of part of that cycle. We don't use them every week, but that they do deliver. And when they, what I love is that They'll they'll set up on your for us. We have all these tables that we line up, and they bring all the food out. And then there's a little card on the side that kind of gives everyone, "Hey, here's the menu today. Here's what you're eating." And oh, by the way, you just help feed X number of people. Yeah, because for someone like me, you know, I understand the mission. It's a purpose driven company, but not er not every employee at my company knows that. So it's like this subtle way of reminding people, you know, you're supporting a good cause. Yeah. Yeah, it's it's uh it's it's both supporting a good cause for feeding uh, hungry folks, um, also supporting entrepreneurship, which I really believe in because I've been in the entrepreneurial world for forever. Uh, the chefs, you know, if you look, of course, work, yeah, it's amazing. I mean, you create new income is. streams. It's amazing for those folks. It's, um, it's incredible. It's incredible to think that here's a chef that does not have to, 
can be so consumed with the idea of sales and marketing distribution, they can just focus on doing what they love, yeah. you know, and that, and that's cooking. Yeah. Making people happy. I, I love to cook. Yeah, making people happy. Yeah. 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 I guess it's more than cooking. Yeah, it is. It, it really is making people happy. Um, I mean, I think there's so many different areas that this kind of company can kind of expand and launch into. Um, you seem to be pretty well versed with trends or, I mean, what else are you seeing? Do you, are, are you seeing other potential, um, trends developing that we should maybe be looking for next year? Yeah, I think there's, there's some basic trends that are, that are right in front of us, which is like, Hey, we have hybrid workforces. How do we scale up, scale down? So people are kind of reimagining how they bring people back and how do they motivate them with food? Um, uh, you want sort of flexible platforms. You don't want to sp- uh, overspend and have, um, you know, like the, I think pre COVID, um, you know, you would have the full menu. Um, nowadays people are thinking about cafes and coffee bars, uh, and be able to scale up catering and scale it down. So having sort of that flexible uh, capability is really critical. Um, I think people are thinking about innovating on the, on the food that they are offering and the wellness approaches to their employees. Um, and so food is wellness in some ways. And so being able to offer snacks that, that don't have a lot of sugar, we, we starting to really understand how bad sugar is for you. And so being able to moderate that, but also make sure that stuff tastes good. As you know, in the food and beverage business, it's all about taste. You got to put it in your mouth. Texture's got to be right. And it's got to taste amazing. So uh, you're trying to get every, all that to be competitive. Um, and you're not competitive if you don't offer remote sometimes, but you're not competitive if you don't offer those goodies in the, in the office and doing it economically and on top of all that is really, really, really tough. So yeah, um, it's just like another curveball for these CEOs and, and entrepreneurs to have to kind of navigate. I mean, it's hard enough to attract talent. I mean, that's my day job. I mean, I, we are constantly creating new creative ways to help these companies attract people and I love that you guys are out there in some ways helping us, right? Because yeah. when I know my when I know my clients are forward thinking, I can you know I can use that in our pitch. Yeah, it, it, you know sometimes it's hard to get a feel of the culture of a company until you're in it and sort of like trying to get those clues to how they treat their employees and how they how they operate is is really critical. Like just today, we had a. Uh, we had a Halloween uh, costume party and it was all on Zoom. And it's just amazing n- amount of people that work and number of people at work and put effort into that. And it was so fun. <laughs> uh, and it, it, it's just a little slice of like understanding the, 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 you know, what hunger is like internally. But that internal kind of goodness between employees and motivation really translates to customer goodness. And so, um, you know, trying to find those gems of companies you want to work for, imagine your, your job of trying to articulate that and get that into the hands of your um, recruits is really critical. Well, and this was not meant to be a, a plug or anything like that, but it just so happens that I have launched a new service that is literally aimed at addressing that that number one issue because you see you've got probably 70% of the workforce that is heads down working. They're not thinking about changing jobs. Well, maybe percentages, you know, they think about changing jobs, but they're too busy working. Yeah. They're not going to job boards. They're not looking around. And for them just to see a job posting online gives them no color, no insight to substance. So what I've created is something that actually 
takes people inside the company where they can see and look around and get a feel for everything. And then those people that are on the sidelines, you can now bring them onto the field and have them interview. It's, um, it's been a big missing component. And I mean, a Zoom uh, Halloween party, you know, as as odd as that would have sounded four years ago, I mean, it sounds pretty fun now because people, you know, they need that uh, connectivity. Oh, yeah. It's just like in the humor and just like um, it, it was it was uh, it was it was. What did you go as? I had I had my uh, my patented skeleton costume. So like jumping on Zoom and you don't see my face and uh uh, oh, you jumped on the screen. <laughs> yeah. I don't know if I scared anyone. Uh, right. Like, think, okay. There's John again. There was another John Ebner from, uh, from New York. I think you actually might've interviewed with Jeff. Uh, he had a Batman costume on and then he flipped off the screen. In- oh, you had Ebner. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah. He- he's the, he's a market manager up in New York. Oh yeah. He flipped, he flipped back, he flipped his zoom on. He had like the full background Batman outfit. And then, um, which was was pretty good with the you know black mask um, mascara, and then uh, he flipped it off. Then he came back as Snack Man. <laughs> so very our, nice, John. Yeah, we're gonna I, hopefully someone uh, took some screenshots of that. That's, yeah, we got to uh, get that out that's, there. That's great. That's that, pretty. That's I think great. he won most uh, effort because he had to go off screen and on screen. So right, come yeah, come forward, come back. Well, um, I think there's I, I think. Obviously, Hungary is on to something, and I think you are on to an idea as well with your acquisition of Snackbox and now the sale and then integration into Hungary. It does feel like they're a perfect fit, and now you have these two really kind of unique companies that are together solving the same problem. So I'm pretty excited to see where this is going to go, and um, Gosh, I should have asked for uh, when I saw working with uh, Hungry. I should have asked for some snack box samples. That's what I should have done. <laughs> okay, I can I can take care of that. Uh, no, I'm I'm, I'm, I'm just, well. It's funny though, you know, having done this this podcast now for for a number of years, um, people do send. Me, I get samples all the time, and um, it is fun for me to try food and beverages before I talk to you know whoever it is, just so I can understand what they're trying to do. Um, but I think. Obviously, Snackbox is um, it's an it's an idea that it's very easy to, to to grasp. If if someone wants to try Snackbox and maybe bring it in for their corporate environment, what's the best way for them to go about trying this and and uh, enticing those employees back into the office? Yeah, it's it's just uh, go to either Hungry or NatureBox.com. And um, there's a business tab at the top. So we have sort of this corporate versus business and, um, you know, tell us what you're interested in and we can actually deliver it. So uh, whether it's remote teams, uh, in office, you know, snack crates that come with a whole variety that's pure curated to, you know, bulk snacks that are in beautiful jars, um, you know, the full selection, the flexibility is all there. Uh, And so, yeah, that's naturebox.com. Simple. Yeah, that is simple. Um, John, was there anything that you were hoping I would ask that I just did not get around to? I appreciate the the uh, the opportunity to speak with you. It was fun. Um, I think that well, we, thank you. we covered it. Well, and I think 
you've got a bit of a podcasting background, so that's why your those golden vocals of yours just sound so great. <laughs> yeah, it's funny. Tech, you- uh, tech CEO, entrepreneur, and semi-professional <laughs> podcaster. Yeah, yeah. I think it's it's. I'd rather be on the interview side sometimes. It's much much. Uh, oh my gosh. Yeah, I know it. I know it. I've I actually I've not been on. I think I've been on one or two other podcasts. Yeah. Well, I got an interview. It's uh, leading at the point of sale. I'm going to get you on that one and uh, return the favor. So, there you go. Yeah. So that's that's it. Leading at the point of sale. I love the I love the name of that. Yeah. Um, listen, I mean, we're all fo- listen. We're all focused on 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 business and growing and scaling. And I really appreciate your background explaining how you dissected almost mathematically really the best, you know, channel, the best way to make this company um, cash flow positive. And it obviously worked. You've got it acquired. And now you're on to something new and next. Maybe what, what can we expect from you next year? Are you going to be uh, launching or buying or get, being part of another company at some point? Yeah, I have some uh, some ideas um, in the brew, but right now I'm just making sure that Nature Box, I mean, Nature Box and Hungry are successful. I think that uh, under Jeff's leadership, he's done an amazing job of pulling that team together. And um, yeah, so the, the the topics that we talked about, you know, are very keenly interesting to me about food and beverage um, um, and maybe some other new innovative products that will hit the market, maybe possibly some new acquisitions. Oh, great. Well, we'll have to check in next year and see what you're up to. And maybe we'll do a video and you can jump on screen with your, um, no, 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 no. We don't want to see any skeletons. <laughs> oh, you want to bring all, all the skeletons will come out of the closet and uh, not no pun interview. intended. Yeah. No pun intended. Really. The skeletons <laughs> in the closet. Uh, that's the perfect time to air them out is on uh, Halloween. Yeah. John, it's been a, it's been a pleasure to get to know you a little bit better and kind of get a peek into how you, you know, we're running this business. And um, I think a lot of great value has been added to to our listeners. So thank you so much for being here today on uh, on Winning at Work. Thank you. I'm very grateful.